0: Stay relevant and up to date This is 101.9 High FM You're listening to 101.9 High FM I'm Benji Shulman and this is the New Blue Review Welcome to the program Nice to uh, be joining you on this slightly fresh Monday morning You can tell Sukkot is coming uh, because it's raining Right, so court is on its way and uh, it was raining. We had an excellent uh, downpour last night and I hope it does continue because we do need all the rain that we could get. And I hope that you did have a great Yom Kippur and you didn't eat too much and that it was very fulfilling uh, and very nice. And uh, on the new Blue Review, as usual, this is uh, your current affairs and culture program on High FM. And a few weeks ago, I was busy doing the news. Uh, I was doing a morning show with Sinati. Uh, and she said, you know, she's very excited because there's this new show coming out called King Kong. And I thought, you know, I, I just assumed it was something to do with gorillas. Um, and she said, no, it's actually it's an amazing play about a boxer and whatever. And I, she said it was a musical. Now, typically, I'm not a big fan of musicals. I don't mind musical uh music but uh, like watching musicals doesn't doesn't do it for me but when i looked into this play it has very interesting history and uh it it was it, it it looked interesting so i had some friends that said come along and i went to see it and it and it was amazing and the history is incredible it was a, a play it was done in in the 50s uh when when black people and white people were not allowed to do things together and and it's a Based on a true story about a boxer from Alexandria Township uh, and his life and, and what happens to him and why he wasn't allowed to box and uh, in, in white areas and and his dreams. And it's just, I thought, a really well done production. I enjoyed the cast. I enjoyed everything about it. And it's really worth going to see. I think it's still on for a week or two. But when you look on the other side of it, there's actually an amazing Jewish history to King Kong uh, and we're going to be exploring that in the show today and we have one of the original people who helped put it together uh and and so we've got him in the studio his name is Lionel Sleer uh, I'm sure you'll know him from his work in the Jewish report and he he is a Key organizer for the United Zionist Luncheon Club. If you want to go and get a bit of food and some interesting, uh, listening on a Friday afternoon, they, they do a, a, a great talk. I've, I've done a talk there once or twice. And he's going to come talk to us about his role in this musical production back in the 50s. Is it, is, it was the 50s, right, Lionel? 1959. 1959. Well, there you go. And if you want to ask any questions by the way or you're interested in any kind of this aspect, please you can SMS us 34519, uh email us on airxfm.com, tweet us at xfm, or you can even WhatsApp us on 0621482374. Uh Lionel, thank you so much for joining us on the New Blue Review.
1: Good morning. Good morning to the listeners and good morning to you, Benji. So, so tell me uh, for a
0: start, uh you know, you you were involved. What was your involvement with with this play? Let me
1: go back a bit. There's a chap called Ian Bernhardt. I knew him from school days. And he became very involved with black music. He had a company or an organization called the Union of South African Artists. And they promoted black concerts. Mostly, funny enough, the concerts were held in the Selborne Hall, which was part of the city hall complex and although it was in the apartheid era in the 50s for some reason they allowed whites and blacks to go to the concerts Um, the concerts were brilliant absolutely brilliant but they were limiting you know they'd have a concert it would last for three hours or something and that would be the end of it and then Ian had this idea that There was so much talent there They could do something more Make something bigger And it came about That there was this boxer you mentioned His name was Ezekiel Dlamini He was the black Note the word black Champion Heavyweight champion of South Africa In other words Him and white boxers were not allowed to fight each other Mm -hmm. And Dlamini had sort of reached The peak. He wanted to fight South African boxers, That wasn't allowed. He uh, wanted to go to England, but also wasn't allowed. So he was a very frustrated person. Apparently, he also had a very short temper. You know, he wasn't the nicest man on the block.
0: As a boxer, you might expect that he might have had a bit of a temper, right? Well,
1: as a boxer, it probably helped him. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway... um, There was a there was an incident in a in a shabin they called it in which he killed a man. Mm-hmm. There was a fight and he killed a man. And uh, he was brought into court and he got off on the on self defense. So he said He said he was attacked basically. Yes. Uh, but then later on um He had a girlfriend, Joyce. She ran a Shabin And he saw one night in the Shabin with another guy who was actually a member of a gang. And he fought with this other guy, and he took out a knife and stabbed this other guy to death. Wow. And he stood there with a knife and started shouting to everybody, Call the police. Call the police. Well, took police came and arrested him. And he appeared in court in court he stood up and he said to the the judge obviously a white judge in those days uh, let's not waste time sentence me to death I want the death sentence and the judge of course ignored that and the case went on and eventually Lamini was sentenced to 12 years in jail Hmm. and as the judge said 12 years he said I want to be hanged I want to be hanged I don't want to go to jail but he did go to jail. He went to Lukop Prison, which is between Johannesburg and Pretoria. He wasn't there very long, and he drowned himself. Wow! So that was. So it's quite of... a tragic story, actually. Very tragic story, and there was a Jewish lawyer, Harry Bloom, and he wrote a book about it. Well, it, it, no, he picked up a a book had been written about the story, and he, he wrote. Like A, a couple of things. Yes, a couple of things were happening at the same time. They were the Menels Irene, and Clive Menel They had the idea that this was a possible story which they could turn into a musical. As you say, there was a tragic element to it. So Harry Bloom wrote the, the, book, the book. As I say, it's exactly the script. Then Pat Williams a Jewish girl who wrote, who was a journalist. She worked for the Rand Daily Mail, which was an eminent newspaper in those days. They asked her and Todd Macekiza to write the music, and she wrote the lyrics. Uh, it grew from then onwards. Leon Gluckman, who was the leading play director or producer in Johannesburg in South Africa in those days, he was enrolled. He was very interested in producing this play. Um, Arnold Dover did the dancing, the choreography. Uh, Spike Blazer was a musical director, another Jewish element. Um so there,
0: there were a yes. huge number of people that were actually involved uh, in creating this. Yes. Uh, and it, it's of it's fascinating. Sorry, so we're going to go a bit more into that. Uh, we're going to take a break. Uh, and when we come back, I want to talk to you about some of those people involved. I want to know how you got involved. Uh, and we're going to be finding out more, more about the play.
1: Okay. From talk to
0: music, from Johannesburg to Israel, from sport to business, this is 101.9 High FM. I am Benji Shulman, and this is the new Blue Review. Welcome back to the program. We're we'll talking to Lionel Sleer today about uh, about the musical King Kong and uh, his involvement with it, and and some of the Jewish angle that uh, that that was contained in in the show. Uh, so, Lionel, you were telling us a, a bit about some of the. The, the Jews that were involved. But this was also a, a crucial platform for launching a number of of famous black artists. I yes. mean, Todd Machikisa, you've mentioned already, the playwright.
1: But also others were, were were deeply involved with it as well. Can I come back to that later? Mm, sure, let, of course. Let me rather get to the start, mm. how, how I got involved. Sure. As, as I said, I knew Ian Bernard from school. Right. And he used to help produce these concerts for the Union of South African Artists. Mm-hmm. And I used to go along And help backstage What help I gave, I don't know (laughs) Mostly I used to sell Cold drinks at interval And and a tin of Coca-Cola Cost sixpence in those days (laughs) So we had plenty of buyers Anyway, when King Kong was Rooted uh, Obviously Ian Bernard Wanted me, asked me to Come backstage And we got it, six of us Who 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 were working backstage All of us were Jewish guys All in our 20s Except for the prompt was a Jewish girl And for the six weeks run of the show She never had to prompt once Everybody knew their lines perfectly But at the back we had a bit of a What should I say, a jewel (laughs) All we had to do was move scenery And get people ready for when they're going on I mean... uh, one was quite busy there, I must say But the irony is That being backstage, for six weeks I never saw the play <laughs> we, could, we could hear it and we could hear the music But we could, I never actually got to see the play um, Anyway, when, when the play opened At the University of the Witwatersrand Which had allowed multiracial uh, What should I say, audiences Um... It was practically all Jewish people involved with the production, and one of the best-known people became best-known afterwards, Arthur Goldreich. Yeah, he he's very very famous. Yeah. Uh, he was a
0: anti-apartheid activist. He fought in the he fought in the war for Israel's independence at
1: at, at some stage. It's quite it was quite a it lived quite a life. Um, now Arthur Goldreich just was an industrial designer and he did all, all the scenery he did the decor he did the, uh, the clothes for the audience he, he designed the program and the sleeve cover of the vinyl King Kong music uh, funny enough we became quite a close group and I'll say one thing about King Kong there was always parties afterwards Continuously, maybe three, four times a week, everybody gathered, mainly, oddly enough, in a street in orchards called High Street, because quite a lot of left-wing, or what you might say, liberals or communists, as they were called, lived in that street. And we used to have parties there, (coughs) sorry, in which um, what they called European liquor was served, (laughs) which was totally illegal, of course. And I was always a bit nervous that the special branch were going to barge in and arrest everybody, but it never happened. So, so basically
0: you were doing something illegal by having a party with white people and black people together.
1: Yeah, that's right. It's Another world. Well, it was another world. And the special branch of the security police uh, in those days used to drive in white folk falcons, all of them. And quite often we'd go to a to one of these houses for a party, and there'd be one of these white Volkswagens parked outside, sure. And we would think, oh, tonight's the night, but it never happened. And I think the reason is that King Kong was such a success that the government went, wanted to show that they were promoting black—what what should I say, black talent? Right. You know, along their own lines. And so I believed that the police had instructions not to interfere So so tell me, you, did you ever meet Arthur Goldreich when when, he, when you were doing all of this? Well, well this is a funny thing Is that he never attended any of the parties He would be there at the show And he would just disappear And everybody thought, oh he's so standoffish You know, he doesn't integrate with, with us uh, and um, you know, Arthur Goldrock was Arthur Goldrock, And then imagine our shock when a few years later uh, he 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 was arrested at Lily'sdive. It was his home and he, the, the uh, headquarters of the ANC. He, he had been hiding
0: Mandela at that farm yes. as as a member and and basically helped to invent and sees where. Using, right. using the knowledge that he had gained actually in the Israeli independence war, uh, to, to, to create MK, which is quite, um, quite a remarkable story. Um,
1: I wanted to tell you a strange story about, I'm, I'm diverting for a bit. Uh, in those days I belonged to the discussion club. It was what you'd call liberal left do gooders. We, we used to meet every Saturday night. In a flat in the oval belonging to a chap called Leon Levy. Now Leon Levy was a trade unionist mm-hmm. and he was banned. So he used to leave the flat open and we used to m- meet in his flat. He wasn't allowed to be there because he wasn't allowed to be in more than a group of more than three people and especially not a so-called political group as the, um, as we were. We were all members of the Congress of Democrats, COD, Mm -hmm. was a member of the Congress movement. Anyway, um, Leon Levy was arrested, spent 90 days in jail. And uh, at the same time, when he was in jail, Arthur Goldreich and all the Leaf people were arrested. And then... Um, Leon Devi was released on condition he left the country and he went to England. Now, soon after he went to England, this Lily's, Lily's Leaf Arrest took place, and the Sunday Times, I believe, editor Joel Mervis hinted, but no more than hinted, that Leon Levy had given the information to the police, which I think is absolutely blasphemous. And Leon Levy was shocked by that. And he he was in England, and he, he really was so upset by that. And as it happened, Joel Mervis came to England, the editor of the Sunday Times, and Leon Levy went to a lawyer and said, I want to make a case against Joel Joe Joe Mervis, case for defamation because he implies that I told the police about Lily's Leaf and he said I had no idea myself where Lily Leaf was or what it was Hmm. so the lawyer said to him after he told him the story the lawyer said to him Mr. Levy I want to tell you that in England People are expected to help the police, so you've got no case here. <laughs> I just wanted to. Uh,
0: we've got it with SMS on 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 the line. Um- uh, Lionel, uh, It says here, I went to see the show last week. Everything about the show was wonderful. Uh, the, from the story, the music, the dancing and the acting and the choreography, even the props were world-class. What I found very disappointing was the attendance. The theater should have been packed. Unfortunately, it wasn't. And I think a lot of it had to do with the advertising and marketing of the show. Many people I spoke to did not know that it was showing or even where. Uh, but it was simply wonderful Regards, Helen Goldberg well thank you Helen uh, I think there is still time to go so uh, uh, you, sh- you, yes. you you sh- you shouldn't, you certainly should it's until the 8th of October okay so you still got a bit of time uh, do yourself a favor and and go see now now Lionel we were talking about some of the black um, uh, talent that came out of the show yeah. talk to us about who who was playing at at the time well
1: the the Ma- King Kong was played by chap Nathan Le- Medelili or something, I can't pronounce his surname if you forgive me uh, he was the leader of a group called the Manhattan Brothers, mm-hmm. which were the main artists of the Union of South African Artists so th- th- they took those four uh, there was a group called the Woody Woodpeckers four of them were there the most prominent lady was Miriam Makeba, who was a young girl well, a young girl, she was in a 20s in that time, um, and she sang like a nightingale. <laughs> Not that I think I've ever heard a nightingale sing, but I'd imagine that she did. Um, there was, uh, who's...
0: Of course there was the, the, the a ja- very good jazz contingent being that, you know, the the play, uh, the the play is a very strong jazz element to the song. Yes. Uh, to, to the music. Excuse me. And of course, uh, an, an early young version of
1: Hugh Masakela uh, was, right. was was See, part of was part of that as well. Hugh Masakela was a youngster in those days, and he he's gone on to be very famous. As uh, and there was Kipimurketzi. Mur- K- yes. Who was a played the clarinet, and he. Um, they had a nightclub named after him afterwards.
0: So, so we get, we're actually gonna, we, uh, we, I wanna talk about that. And we're gonna take a short break and I'm actually gonna, I hope this works. We're gonna try and play, uh, the most famous track from the show. Uh, we, we take a short break and we're gonna try and play it right now. R- yeah. Right, there we go. That was Back of the Moon. Uh, sorry about the quality of it, slightly, uh, thing, but, uh, an
1: amazing song. Well, Back of the Moon was the name of the Shabin that Joyce, uh, King Kong's Girlfriend ran. Ah, okay. She, she was a Shabine Queen. A Shabin Queen, yes. And she was the one that, should I say, he caught with the leader of the, uh, So uh, His name was Lucky. Lucky. <laughs> well, he, there you go. He, uh, was, he wasn't very lucky because <laughs> he got unlucky
0: he, that he night. Was killed, yes. uh, Stephen SMSing and saying, where is the play being shown? That's uh, at the Johannesburg Theatre, yes. right? Okay. In Bromfontein. Johannesburg Theatre in Bromfontein. Stephen, uh, till the 8th. So do yourself a favour if you haven't seen it. Uh, definitely
1: worth, uh, worth going, worth going to see. I just want to say that they've changed it a little bit mm. in that the original King Kong was in, in the original, uh, play where I was involved, was a bit of a thug. You know, he was a street fighter. Okay, but yeah, they've sanitized it a bit, and King Kong is a very nice guy. He's kind of kind of a bit of a romantic type. Yes, you know they they made him into a decent sort of fellow. Was it a big thing that back
0: then when you were doing it that it was this all black cast? Because you know, yes. uh, you, and and you know you, there was this mixing, but but the fact that it for, for people who were
1: doing the production was that a big issue? It, it was a major issue, mm-hmm. you know. Suddenly, all this black talent was on show there. Can I just read you some of the the uh, comments that were in the newspapers the day after the opening? I mean, we're talking here about back in nineteen fifty nine. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Now, Oliver Walker was the film and theatre critic of the Star. He, he was really the leading critic in South Africa in those days, and he said, "In twenty years of going to." Theatre in South Africa This was my greatest thrill The Sunday Express said There's such bundles of vitality in all the acting The dancing and the music That you want to leap up from your seats The Golden City Post (coughs) Sorry, which was the leading black paper Said this is a milestone in the history of non-white entertainment Which it was the Sunday Times just had two words, king size. <coughs> so, really, you couldn't get tickets for the show. You could not get tickets. There used to be a place where you bought theatre tickets called show service. And the queue, it was in Elof e- Street, just off j p Street. And the queue stretched from Elof Street around to the post office in Jeppie Street for people... Wanting to get tickets, <laughs> and people used to approach me to get him tickets. I said, "I've got no say." <laughs> so, so it was completely you, you just couldn't get tickets for the thing. It couldn't get tickets, and and, it, and it, how long was the run for? Six weeks, six weeks, and no tickets. And then it went around South Africa to Durban and Cape Town, and a couple of places. But Pretoria didn't allow it to be shown there. That—that—that <laughs> that, that was too much of a. Yeah, they couldn't—they couldn't handle it. <laughs> But as I say, uh took up six weeks of my life, but I enjoyed every moment of it. And, and were you
0: doing it just as a volunteer for your mate, or did they did they pay you? No, whatever? I didn't
1: get paid at all, just as a volunteer, for a joel. It was a real joel. <laughs> just, just, just for the fun of it, basically. And for the parties we had every, at least three, four times a week. <laughs> and but how many people would pitch up to these parties? Well, practically a lot of the cost. Yeah. A lot of the cost would pitch up, and... um Virtually, as I say, except for Arthur Goldthwait, practically all the whites involved in the in the front and would, the back would would come. <laughs> all right, we're going to take a short break. When we come back, we'll be talking again
0: to Lionel Sleer about uh, about King Kong relevant and up to date. This is
1: high FM.
0: We've been talking to Lionel Sliar. Uh, he was a volunteer uh, shifting around the the sets uh, uh, in the in, in the fifties for um, uh, for uh, for, uh, for uh, King Kong. And uh, we've been talking to him about some of his experiences. Uh, Lionel, did you find that the I mean, you didn't actually see the original, but I mean, what did what was your feeling uh, about about the new the new one that was playing uh, today? And what was your I mean, given South Africa, where South Africa is at the moment, some of the racial tensions, do you think
1: that it's a timely play in 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 the same respect? Um, I would think so. You know, I've spoken to a few people who've seen this current production, and they've been very very. Positive about it They think it's very good The music of course is much the same But of course we haven't got Miriam um, Akebett to sing there or, or the Manhattan Brothers Who were really really top class people um, I think that That person who wrote in And said that it hasn't been promoted properly I agree with him right. I agree with him I mean when we went to see it Um I had to find out where it was showing. You know, it wasn't advertised that much. It's advertised a bit in the papers, but. And and, uh, and when you went, did you get a chance to meet the cast and, and this sort of thing? Well, what happened is that my daughter, who had, is who's the the famous Paula yes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she, she had arranged. She had got hold of the um people running the show. Mm-hmm and said to them that I was involved in 1959 and I, I, she would like me to come backstage and meet the cast. So the show was starting at 8 o'clock and we were there at half past 7 and she kept rushing us, rushing us. I said, let's go and have a cup of coffee. No, I haven't got time. I said, the show's not even starting. No, we've got to go. So where did we go? We went backstage and we met We met the um, producers, a lot of white people were involved in it on backstage, and I met King Kong, (laughs) and actually the Jewish report had a photograph of me with King Kong, and uh, very, very nice guy. And was he excited to meet you as well? Well, he said it's an honor, I don't know what that
0: means. (laughs) Okay, So that must been quite quite a lot of fun And then you, you say that you, you still find the music I, I personally thought that the, the actors Looked like they were having a lot of fun on
1: stage Like they yes, really so got into the role What impressed me is that there was no s- Scene changes like we had in the original one <laughs> Because the actors Brought on all the props Right You know it was part of their choreography So I would have been Unneeded so to speak <laughs> If the production was like this yeah, absolutely. Uh, it, uh actually
0: I personally I thought the set was quite good like it, it's designed in such a way that uh, yes. it, you'd have to see it but but the way it's designed is quite clever that people can as you say bring on things and they yeah. do it during the songs and 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 all that thing. Uh I think should we try should we try play another song yeah. uh from from because one of the aspects of course is the music. We we recognize it now as Pansula music or, or, or sort of African kind of jazz yeah. uh, I guess it must have been In his infancy Back in the day But it's A, a great um, Great listening So we're going to Take a short break And we'll try and play you Another song From King Kong
1: Connecting our communities. She's live
0: She's high. The 101.9 High FM 101.9 5 i I'm Benji Shulman And this is the New Blue Review We've been talking to Lionel Sleer today About uh, his role in King Kong, the musical and its uh, Recent playing in, uh, in, in Johannesburg uh, Lionel, you were saying just before, uh, during the song Actually, that was the Quella song That uh, that would have been played by penny whistlers uh, yes. That were part of the cast
1: there, there were six young kids If I say young, I don't think they were more than Ten years old, who mm-hmm. were all penny whistlers And one The lead of them was a chap called Lemmy Special. And, uh, they had a special bus take them home every night after the show. They looked after these little kids very well, I must say. But when the show went to England in 1960, they didn't bring the penny whistlers along. You know, they couldn't take six six little boys away from home. But I just want to tell you, in 1961, I was in London and the show came on there. And I went to see the cast, or they were staying in, I won't say a hotel, but like a rooming house in Bayswater, the whole group of them. Uh, Miriam Makeba had left Mm -hmm. the show. She'd gone to America. Um, Peggy Pango, who was in the original show, took over the part of Joyce. And I went to see some of the guys, and one took me up to their bedroom, and there were four of them... Sharing a bedroom But there were only three beds (laughs) So I said Where does the fourth one sleep? So Sol Claster Who was one of the pianists A brilliant pianist He took me into the bathroom And took a down A wooden base About the size of the bath And he put that on the bath (laughs) And he says that's where he sleeps every night (laughs) I thought this a bit Sort of a down market (laughs)
0: <laughs> now, now you, you mentioned Maria Makeba. Uh Do you have any stories
1: about her? Yeah, uh, we, three of us one night asked her to come to dinner with us the next evening. And she said, sure, she would. So we met at about six, half past five or so. The show started at eight. And we went to a couple of restaurants in Roundwood University in Brompton. Not one of them, not one of them would serve us. Sure. They said we can't serve you. Eventually we found an Indian restaurant in Brixton and the chap said alright I'll take you into a special room and <laughs> you can have a meal there. And that's, and that's where you ended up eating, eating with, dinner? With, with, yes, with Maria McCabe. She was a lovely little, she was a young girl then, the same age as all of us.
0: It's, uh, it's, it's quite astounding in some ways how far the country has come. Yes. Uh, but I think also you could probably still tell the story of King Kong in Alex And people would still recognize it Which is kind of shows we have got a, a way to go Yeah, you could, definitely and, and so you were involved with this Congress of Democrats And uh, you were a bit involved Did, did you carry on after that as, as an activist?
1: Well, I went to live in England Actually, I, I was at the Congress of the People When they signed the Freedom Charter in uh, Cliptown Wow, it was on the Saturday and the Sunday, and I was there on the Saturday, and there were as many police there as who were spectators, but for some reason, on the Sunday, I was involved in a play backstage, of course, mm-hmm. and the police took the names and addresses of everybody who was there, so I escaped that. I missed out on that <laughs> so, the, so so did you move to England because you were concerned
0: about what might happen
1: yeah, uh you know. There was a sort of exodus to England in those days. And when did you come back? Uh, 1970, 1969. Sure. Okay. I stayed about 10 years in England.
0: Well, Lionel, uh, I'd love to actually chat to you further about uh, those experiences and what you did there, but it's been absolutely fascinating reminiscing with you about King Kong and uh, what you did. Thank you so much for coming in and, and talking to us about your experiences.
1: Well, I enjoyed it very much. Thank, thank you for
0: asking me. And yeah, uh, uh, King Kong's still until the 8th. Uh, yes. Go see a, an amazing piece of South African uh, history, Jewish history uh, at the Joburg Theatre. Well worth the money uh, and well worth the play. Brings you to the end of the New Blue Review for today. Thank you so much for joining us and uh, we'll see you next week uh, on the show. Shalom.